Welcome to this week in Coleraine Cardinals Athletics here on WeAreColeraine.com and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports. I'm Jason Griefer. Once again, we're joined by Coleraine Athletic Director Craig Eulen. Craig, good to talk to you once again. Let's get right into it because we've got a lot of things to discuss here today. Yep. Uh, last week in the in the premiere episode of, of the podcast, we talked at the top kind of how things have gone as far as the seasons go with, with COVID protocols, how, how those implementations have come in. And uh, it, there's been a lot of behind the scenes work, I know, to, to, to pull this off and to really get through a fall season pretty smoothly uh, for your programs. And uh, all, and also through the, the winter season thus far, there's been a lot of folks behind the scenes who've done a lot of really hard work to, to pull it off. Yeah, so, um, you know, we started this process back in June. We, uh, our fall team started the first week of June. Our winter team started right after that. And we had implemented a, a policy um, for our student athletes and our coaches to go through a daily screening process. Uh, so we are a Google district and um, Google was very, it's been very uh, good for us in terms of implementing kind of new things and new technology with COVID. So our student athletes and our coaches fill out what's called a Google form every day. It's a survey. They answer five questions um, you know, related to COVID about having symptoms and um, if there's anybody in their family that they've been exposed to that's been positive. So they fill this out every day for every practice, for every game. And we've been doing this since June. So here we are, you know, January 19th. And uh, there are two individuals that are very instrumental in this process with the daily screening. And that's our two athletic trainers, our head uh, trainer, John Martini, and our other athletic trainer, Linda Clark. They screen our kids and our coaches uh, every day. They come down to the training room, they fill out the survey on their smartphone, and they get a temperature taken by our trainers. And they keep a log, an, ap an accurate log of um, all of these screenings. And I just checked this morning and they have completed 46,700 screenings since June 1st. So if you can oh. if you can imagine, you know, a football team's got 100 and something kids and, and they're doing it every day since June until the football season's over and you throw in all the other sports, volleyball, soccer, and now basketball, bowling, swimming, they're all taking temperatures, they're all doing screenings and it, it's, it, it's kept our uh, contact tracing at a minimal. Um, it's kept kids healthy. It's kept coaches healthy. And like I said, 46,000 screenings since June 1st. That's oh. that's a lot. Um, but it wouldn't have been possible without the help of John and Linda. So we're very thankful for the two of them. Would a fall or winter sports season even have been feasible for you had those two not started everything in the beginning of June and carried it through on a daily basis until we're talking now? Yeah, I mean, I, I was down there every day in the month of June helping them, um, and it, it's a process, and it was, there was a little bit of learning curve. Kids had to get used to carrying their smartphone, um, arriving to the training room, you know, right when they report to campus, and then they would put their phone down and lock it away in their locker and go off to practice, but yes, I mean, it would, it's wearing the mask every day when they show up for the screening, it's getting a temperature taken, it's, it's, it's filling out the survey, so, yeah, it's, it was a daunting task, but now it's just second nature, you know, kind of what we talked about last week. A lot of the things that we implemented, it's just second nature and and um, and and they're just used to doing it every day. Can you repeat that number one more time or how many scans they've done since June 1st? Yes, uh, 46,700 and I think 63 is the total number oh. as of today. 
So think about that folks. And and for fans who are able to tune in and and watch Cardinals athletics, that it takes that level of work behind the scenes to pull this off so that we can enjoy the athletics programs that we see and and we get to talk about here on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, Yeah, uh, definitely a big, a big thanks to those two, especially for getting this done on a daily basis, you know, for the last six and a half months, uh, to get it off here. So let, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about, uh, some of your athletic programs here. Let's start off worse with boys basketball. And, uh, we talked last week about how it's been just a flat out difficult season and there's no real way to kind of, kind of turn that one around, but, uh, <laughs> they did finally see some of that, some of the, that work they've been putting in, uh, pay off. You know, you get a nice, you get to pick up win number one of the season and overtime over Sycamore. So they're able to get one. there, pretty high scoring game too, 77, 71, uh, result the next day, tough one against Lakota East, you know, coming off of an overtime game, uh, a tough way to, uh, to bounce back there, but nevertheless, you know, they finally get to see the 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 payoff of all their hard work and and, and some of the the tough times they've had to go through uh, culminate in a win. How was the team coming out of that game and even coming into this week where they're still feeling pretty good? The they've got a win fresh in their minds. Yeah, I mean, Friday night was really special. It was one of those nights that I wish everybody could have been there from the community. You know, with with COVID, our attendance is very restricted. But, you know, they, 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 they came out hot Friday night. It was senior night. We had seven cheerleaders and six basketball players that we recognized. So I think they were pretty amped up. Um, like I said, they came out hot. They were, you know, they took advantage of, uh, of the aviators early on. And, and as the game went on, you know, they kind of fell behind three points, four points, six points here and there. And then they clawed their way back in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, never gave up. The effort was there all night. Uh, you know, I think they played a very uh, uh, fundamentally sound game all night. Um, and then we were fortunate enough to be in a situation to tie the game as as uh, as time was expiring. Uh, Caden Meadows, who's a sophomore for us, uh, had a really big night and and obviously tied the game as the as the time expired, sent it into overtime, and, and we took care of business in overtime and, and won, I think, uh, 77 to 70. So um, it was a great night. Um, like I said, it was one of those nights that you just wish everybody could have been a part of. Uh, you know, obviously, they've put in a lot of work and dedication over the last uh, 12 months, 16 months with uh, Coach Cosgrove. And it was uh, it was a great victory. And, and like you said, to, to turn around the very next day and play a very good team like Lakota East, that's obviously a challenge. And coming off of an overtime game and a late night the night before, uh, you know, tough match always against Lakota East, one of the best teams in the city. So they got they got two um, they got Fairfield tonight at home and, and we'll see what we can do, see if we can take care of business and kind of keep the energy rolling. Over on the girls' side, right now fourth in the GMC at uh, six and four uh, on the season, coming off of a, uh, a a tough one against Mason. But Mason's proven to be one of the better teams uh, in Cincinnati. They're unbeaten right now. Uh, they and Princeton at the top of the, the GMC at seven and zero. Played Princeton not too long ago and played them close. Only only fell in that game by four points. So you're not that far off there and you've got you know Lakota West right in front of you in the standings as well but you also have coming up here some game a couple of games uh, in the league at least schedule schedule wise we're looking at here with uh, Oak Hills and Fairfield and, and they're and they're towards the bottom of the league right now Fairfield hasn't won a game on the season Oak Hills is just three and seven uh, in league play do you look at these two games as ones that 
are basically must wins. You got to take care of business here if you're going to try and, and stay within shouting distance of uh, Mason and Princeton. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, I think uh, our coach and our kids are, are looking forward to, uh, you know, trying to, to continue that high level of play and, and get a couple more wins under our belt as we get closer to the end of the season. You know, they picked up a, a win last week against a very good Sycamore team, which kind of catapulted them into, you know, third place alone in the GMC and or fourth place. And, and I think, uh, you know, I had this conversation with my coach about, you know, the expectations are definitely uh, they're there. You know, they're higher than they used to be. And our kids know that um, they don't talk about it all the time because, you know, they're they're trying to focus one game at a time. But, you know, they know they're a good team. They can they can play with anybody. And, and you know, this past weekend, Mason, I think they're number seven in the state. So, you know, it's a very tough, very tough matchup for them this past weekend. But, um, you know, it, it was probably an off day for them. But I think they're looking forward to bouncing back this week and trying to get a couple more wins. Well, even to that point there with that Mason team, you said as good as they are, you held them 10 points below their season average on the year. And so your defense continues to do a very strong work. You talked about that Sycamore game, you know, in that one, you hold them to just 26 points on the game. They, they only made 10 shots the entire game. So a really strong defensive effort. Is that going to be the calling card of this team going into the back half of the GMC season? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, um, I think it's defense and, and turnovers. If, if they can, if they can keep their turnovers to a minimum, I think they can. I think they can beat just about anybody. Um, and then defensively, they're you know they're really good rebounding team. Um, I'd say probably one of the best in the league, and uh, and they do a really good job of uh, you know scoring in transition. So you know, like I said, if, if if they keep their turnovers to a minimum, they they play good defense, they get rebounds. I think they'll be all right. Let's switch gears here and let's go to a different type of hardwood. Let's go to the bowling lanes and uh, let's start with the boys first. They remain in a four-way tie atop the GMC after a co- pretty comfortable win over Oak Hill, sitting at four and one uh, in the league overall. You've got three matches at least scheduled right now uh, b- between now and the time we uh, next talk and also the Cardinal Classic on Sunday. We'll touch on the Cardinal Classic here in just a moment, but you've got Marymount, Sycamore, and Middletown, at least all in the schedule as of now. Of course, we know things can change there, but you get all of them at Colerain Bowl. And you talked last week how that's nearly a stone's throw away from from the high school. So, you know, that's that's a nice luxury to have for you. Uh, How big of an advantage can that be, you know, for your team, knowing that they can walk to Colerain Bowl if they want? They're so familiar with it, especially when that Middletown match arrives, because they're one of the other teams that are sitting at four and one in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they've always been a great partner, Colerain Bowl, with with the bowling team at Colerain High School. You know, it, they're, like you said, they're they're right down the street. Our kids can practice there, um, you know, our, our, when when the facility is available, and they're always pretty flexible with our request, even during COVID right now. Um, but, you know, to pick up two more GMC wins this week uh, at home at Colerain Bowl uh, would be great. You know, it'd be great um, just to kind of, prepare for the end of the season and get ready for a tournament run, sectional district tournament run. Um, you know, Middletown, like you said, is another team at the top of the league and, and to play at home. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for bowling because uh, to travel 45 minutes up to Middletown is, um, is a little, you know, could, could be a difference in the matchup or the game. So I think they're looking forward to uh, the three home games this week, uh, the two league games, and, and then hopefully next week, uh, I think they they play their their arch rival interdistrict uh, 
with Northwest High School. So yeah, they're they're looking forward to uh, this week, and then like you said, this weekend is the the Cardinal Classic uh, annual bowling tournament that we host at Coleraine Bowl. Yeah, we're just about ready to, to to talk about that with the girls too, because you know they've got Middletown coming up, but they are also they'll be there in the Cardinal Classic uh, as well. Kind of for for those who maybe aren't 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 uh, fully up on Coleraine bowling, what take us through the Cardinal Classic? You know the significance of it for Coleraine High School and and everything that goes into putting it together, because you're going to bring in quite a number of schools here to to compete in this thing. Uh, yeah, we've been doing it for uh, the last few years, and it's it's actually a fundraiser for our bowling program, so it's a great event. Um, we used to host the boys and the girls on the same day because of COVID. We've split it up to girls on Saturday, boys on Sunday, uh, so that'll be a slight change this year. Um, it takes a lot of volunteers to pull it off. Our bowling parents do a great job. Our coaches do a great job. The organization of hosting a bowling tournament with all those teams um, wouldn't be possible without parent volunteers, the the parent support. And honestly, uh, like I just mentioned before, the support of Coleraine Bowl. They've been a great partner for us, and we're fortunate to have uh, have them close by. And uh, we'll certainly be excited to see how both your teams turn out in that one. You brought up a good point there that I think it's – is something I also want want to uh, give recognition to in this time when we don't we you know we can't have the full attendance. Some some athletic programs they they can have you know up, up two maybe two parent two parents or two family members per student athlete to attend these types of things. How invaluable is it for you to be able to call on parents? for your bowling teams, for other, for other winter sports, to be able to come in and give of their time to help these kids out, to be able to put on these events. Yeah. I mean, like, like you just said, I mean, it wouldn't be possible for any of our events, uh, you know, without parent support and volunteers, you know, just, just to quickly mention, you know, when we host home events on our campus, wrestling, basketball, you know, we, we've been one of the schools that are uh, been fortunate enough to be, you know, approved by Hamilton County to sell concessions. So we're still we still have an open concession stand, which all, all that money directly uh, goes back to Coleraine Boosters, which uh, impacts the student body and the, and the, and the athletics in, in Coleraine High School. And we don't operate a concession stand without parent volunteers. So, uh, you know, in a typical year, we, we'd make a decent amount of money on our concession stands. But uh, this year with limited attendance. Uh, you know, we're not making as much, but we are still making money that will directly impact uh, the student athletes at Coleraine High School. And, uh, and a big shout out to them for for those folks giving of their time to be able to support uh, those endeavors for sure. Let's move on. Let's talk about your uh, uh, academic quiz team. They're just getting their season uh, going here, but 4-0 on the year, two comfortable wins last week uh, over Middletown. And so, uh, you know, they're off to a good start here. You know, Oak Hills is, is coming up here. They're two and two. And then you've got a Sycamore uh, lurking in, in a couple of weeks. And we kind of talked a little bit last week about how this league shipped up a year ago and how Sycamore went 17 and one. You know, everybody's looking at them. You know, Fairfield is, was 17 and one a year ago. Uh, both two very, very strong teams here. Uh, I, so uh, one of the things I also want to ask you and get your perspective on is the, the academic quiz teams are sport is a sport that I don't know that a lot of people see, may see a lot of enjoyment from. I think that a lot of people have the perception of the student of the kids just keeping their nose into a book, flipping pages, trying to remember as much information as I can, reading things online and what have you to try and retain all this information. 
how much fun do these student athletes get out of these quiz competitions against other schools? No, it's, I mean, it's a really big deal for our kids. Um, last, last, uh, last year, uh, you know, obviously there was, there was high expectations. They were excited about the season and they finished the season uh, right there behind the first place uh, Fairfield and Sycamore team. Um, but there was a lot of excitement at the beginning of the season last year. And uh, some of the students on the team actually reached out to myself and our principal, Jack Fisher, about, hey, what, you know, would you guys be interested in, in doing a student versus staff uh, quiz match? All right. And so just for the record, uh, <laughs> la- last year, the administrative, the administrative, um, the administrators had a team and then we also had a select group of teachers had a team and we wow. had a try match. Uh, we had a try match quiz match with our, with our uh, students. And I'll just be honest, the questions that they answer on a weekly basis are some of the, uh, the most difficult questions you'd ever come by or ever think of. And, and that's a testament to the kids and, and how much effort they do put in, in the off season, which, um, you know, kind of sounds crazy, but they, they do a, a lot of studying up on all the different categories that are in a quiz match from, from music theory to, you know, science, history, math. Um, you know, there's definitely English in there and, and yeah, it's, it's a really big deal. And, and that was the first quiz match that I'd ever actually been a part of and played in. And uh, it was really fun. It honestly, it was a lot of fun. Our administrators got together and, and I think uh, I'm pretty sure the students beat us. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> the group of the group of teachers, I think, gave the students a run for their money, but uh-huh. uh, you can't you can't beat them. They're good, they're smart, and they 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 put in a lot of work. So, what were your expectations going into that compared to how it was actually competing? Did you maybe just have have more fun than you may thought maybe thought you would have? Yeah, you know, I I I went in thinking like, oh my gosh, they're probably gonna ask. There's gonna be a lot of tough questions, questions that. I probably haven't thought of since my high school days, you know, with, <laughs> with uh, Shakespeare and music theory and stuff like that. But um, uh, no, it was fun. And, and there are some, um, some questions that, you know, I, I like to, to say that I knew the answer right away, which, you know, made me feel good, but uh, <laughs> uh, it was, it was definitely very challenging. And, and it's a, like I said, it's, it's kudos to our kids and our coaches who yeah. do a really good job because uh, like I said, they were excited last year. They're excited this year, and, and hopefully yeah. they can they can win the GMC this year. Well, and it makes things even more fun and exciting when you're winning, and, and that's what they're doing right now. It's still early in the season, but 4-0 start, and only three teams in the league are, are there right now. So that, that's a good way to get things uh, going. Let's move on, and let's jump into the pool because <laughs> it was a pretty, pretty big night over, over the weekend. You had a, a meet over the weekend. Uh, for your your team to compete in, but it was also senior night as well, and, and I know that that's a we take that and it's a little more special this this year because of everything that's gone on around us and uh, a lot of you know fall sports would move up their senior days just to ensure that we have one. The swimmers were able to have their day uh, this past weekend as well. Uh, first of all, how did you think your team performed there? And then secondly, how important was it for them? for those seniors to be able to actually go through the full senior night honors. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I mentioned this last week with swimming is it's, it's a, it's a tough, it's going to be a tough season for them because of all the protocols and the shortage of pool time. They, they're not having the same amount of meets that they normally have. Um, yeah. They only have a, 
a few meets during the regular season and then the GMC meet uh, is coming up in two weeks. And then after the GMC meet, obviously it's sectional district state tournament, but you know that they typically have their senior night in mid January. So they were fortunate enough to, to have that this past weekend. Um, I do want to say Powell Crosley YMCA on Winton Road is where we host our meets and that's where we actually practice this year. They've been very great to work with uh, the last three or four years. They've, they've always supported us. Uh, we host our meets there. You know, we have senior night there. It's a very quality indoor uh, facility for high school swimming. And uh, we're fortunate enough to have a good partnership with them. And, and uh, it was, you know, I actually uh, was unable to attend this Saturday for senior night, but I typically go every year and um, talk to my coach. She said it, everything went well, the kids competed well. And it was a great senior night. Um, and they actually, they're actually making a quick turnaround and they're having a meet, they have a meet tonight at Princeton High School um, over in their new facility. So, mm -hmm. like I said, they got a shortage of meets this year, but they're trying to make the best of each meet and prepare for the postseason. And credit to them for still willing to, you know, take on what they can take on uh, in this, in this uh, kind of start and stop type of. A situation that we're all in right now and uh you know uh, uh, one of the sports we talked about this last week that was going to have similar challenges or at least the, the perception was was going to have similar challenges would be your uh, your wrestling program and uh they've got a they've they've had to deal with you know just as much as anybody else has uh thus far this season but they've they've got it looks like they've got a pretty busy slate coming up here uh, in the mm -hmm. next couple of weeks here what stands out most to you in this upcoming stretch and uh, what's the energy level like inside the program as we're heading into the, the final month of the regular season? Well, yeah, this week um, they got a busy week. They're, they're, they're traveling to Northwest on Thursday and they host a, uh, a varsity try match on Saturday, which one of those teams is Lakota West High School. And, um, you know, I think I talked about it last week. The difference this year with wrestling is, you know, normally they have an end of the season tournament for the GMC, but because yeah. of uh, the inability to host a large tournament or a large meet in one day because of the COVID protocols, mm -hmm. uh, they're hosting a dual match with all nine other teams in the league. So that's been a big change this year. They're trying to find, you know, common dates that they can wrestle, you know, because in wrestling, you only have a certain amount of points that you can wrestle in a season. Um, so they're trying to be strategic in how they schedule their dual meets or their tri meets. And a lot of their um, matches uh, are tri matches. So they'll have a GMC school like Lakota West. And they also have a non-league school uh, with West Claremont this Saturday morning. So they can see some other teams outside the GMC. But at the same time, they're trying to accomplish playing a regular season schedule, which has never been done before in wrestling because there's always been an end of the season tournament. Um, so, yeah, the next few weeks in wrestling is, is going to be really critical leading up to the postseason. Um, and you mentioned energy. There, there's definitely a lot of energy right now within the wrestling program. Uh, <clears throat> last week, you know, they are ranked number four in the city and, and uh, they, got, they got bit by the injury bug a little bit. But they're, they're hoping to be back to close to full strength in the next week or so. Um, and like you said, they got some big matches coming up and, and the energy is, is, is definitely there. And that's a certainly a good thing. And hopefully it manifests itself in some more 
and some more strong performances from your team as they go forward in the next few weeks. Again, a lot, a lot of wrestling to be had uh, yeah. coming up here as well, for sure. So uh, we're winding down here the show today, and it was this is the winter season, so we're talking about all that. We're talking about all your winter sports teams, but uh, uh, we have a, a bit of news here to to talk about here pertaining to one of your fall sports teams and the fact that you've made a new hire. Do you want to tell us about it? Yeah, uh, boys soccer. Uh, so, you know, Mike Wiseman is our new assistant AD. Uh, he had stepped down after five years of being the head coach and wanted to uh, pursue a, a role in administration, especially in, in athletics. So Mike's been a great addition for us, but, you know, we were, um, you know, kind of sad to see him go. But we're, we're excited to announce that uh, we had made a new hire uh, for our boys soccer program, and that's Eric Rothwell. Uh, very excited about Eric. Eric comes from uh, most recently Elder High School. He was the varsity assistant last year, but prior to that, he was the head coach at Walnut Hills uh, for for at least uh, I believe it was nine seasons. Um, you know, he had a, a tremendous win loss record at Walnut Hills. Built a very strong competitive program during the time that he was there. Uh, oversaw a middle school program, uh, you know, Corinne, unfortunately, we don't have a middle school soccer program, but, you know, Eric brings that experience of, of kind of building a program, um, you know, from the seventh grade all the way up to uh, varsity. Um, but, you know, um, to mention about Mike and where he left the program, the program is in great shape. Uh, they have high expectations of the boys soccer program. They they came off a, a really big year last year where they, they came very close to knocking off Mason to go to district championships. Uh, they lost one to nothing, um, but they got a lot of returning talent coming back next year. The program, again, is very strong and it, it's kind of a, a pretty smooth transition so far with with turning the keys over to Eric. And we're excited to see what Eric does with the program. Um, and I think he's going to put together a pretty, uh, pretty strong coaching staff, uh, which will be great for the kids. And, and we're excited to see where the program goes uh, from here. So Eric Rothwell is the new head boys soccer coach. Take us through the process in so much you can. How expansive was your search to get yourself a new, a boys, new head boys soccer coach? And ultimately, what sold you on Eric as being the guy to lead your program into the future? Um, well, I will say, uh, um, you know, from the beginning, we had we had some some good quality ca uh, candidates um, that we interviewed and that we considered. And, and, you know, it wasn't an easy decision. You know, when you when you got good candidates and, and when your program's in good shape, you're going to attract good candidates. And I think that's why we're, we are where we are right now with uh, with Eric as our new head coach. Obviously, uh, his record speaks for himself, his his track record, you know, at Walnut and Elder. And and so we're excited about it. And uh, like I said, I think he's going to put together a good assistant coaching staff and, and, and we're excited to see where it goes. And as you said, inheriting a pretty strong team, 10, 10 win season uh, this past season. Pretty darn good, as you said, challenged took Mason all the way down to the wire. Mason's everybody knows how good Mason is in, in boys yep. soccer. So to challenge him like that, uh, pretty good shape. He is to uh, take things even, even, even further after the great job Mike's done for the last uh, handful of years. Uh, certainly excited to announce uh, and to discuss that hire here today on the podcast. Uh, Craig, certainly appreciate your time here for joining us. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for having me and uh, look forward to uh, talking next week.
Absolutely. That is Colerain Athletic Director Craig Eulen joining us for this week in Colerain Cardinals Athletics here on the all-new WeAreColerain.com and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports.